0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study on the Holy Spirit. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: There was a dispute between the welfare church welfare system between the Grecians and the Hebrews and who was getting more and that kind of stuff. And the disciples, they said, you know what? They got together and their multitudes got together and they said, you know, we, we're not going to we're not going to leave the word of God in prayer to go serve tables. They said, so a point seven men. And there you have the first deacons, Acts chapter 6. Appoint seven men who can oversee this matter, but we're going to give ourselves to to the word and to prayer. And the Bible says that the saying pleased the whole multitude. How, a word of wisdom? What does a word of wisdom do when it comes forth from God? Guess what? It settles and diffuses tense, difficult situations. When it's wisdom that comes from God, it settles things. And of course, most certainly, if you want to see wisdom in action, you look to Jesus. In Jesus, in the person of Jesus, see, all true wisdom comes from God. Amen, saints? All true wisdom comes from God. You want to see wisdom and look in the person of Jesus. All wisdom comes from knowing God and fearing God. You listen, you are a wise person if you will live your life to fear God. You are a foolish person if you do not live your life to fear God. You are a wise person if you will obey God and do what God tells you to do. You know what to do. The Bible tells you what to do. You know. If you do what you know, is in Micah. He has shown thee, O oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of thee to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. Micah six eight. If you will do what God tells you to do, that's wise. You're a wise person, and God's going to bless you. But if you don't, then you're a foolish person. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One, that's understanding. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And if you've got a situation in your life and you need wisdom, James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, then ask God. Notice it doesn't say call your girlfriend. Amen. (laughs) Don't call your buddy at work. Talk to your buddies at the job or whatever it is you do. If you want wisdom, the Bible says, ask God. Ask God and he will give it to you lavishly. He promises he will liberally, without reproach, and it will be given to you. See, if you acknowledge the Lord in all your situations, he'll give you wisdom. And when wisdom comes forth, it settles with the hearers. And we all say, amen. That's the wisdom of God. Well, then secondly, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. Now, like wisdom, the word of knowledge isn't a vast reservoir of knowledge that you can tap into At any time. It isn't. The word of knowledge is not an accumulation of knowledge. It's supernatural. It's not or has nothing to do with your learning. It's not about the knowledge that you have of the Bible. It's not about being well read or well traveled. It's not the accumulation of information But more of spiritual revelation, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a gift. It's a gift of the spirit that allows you to have knowledge about a certain situation that you would not normally have, that you would not normally know. You know, sometimes when I'm counseling with people and I'm sitting and listening to them and I let them talk for about a half hour or whatever, and and uh, you know, and while I'm listening to them, you know, Lord will just be giving me. Insight into their situation. It's an amazing thing. I really can't explain it. It's not something I've learned. I just told you, you can't learn it. You know? Sister Cleo can't teach you. Call me now. No. 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 It's just something that God gives you. So God just gives me an insight into their situation. Or God will give me some scripture verses. And I'll be sitting there, and I'll just be they talking away, just talking away, and I'm just writing down the scripture verse. And just a little, and I might turn to this, or even sometime when I'm worshiping here or preaching here, God will take me from my notes to something else, to something different, because He's just giving me a word of knowledge of something that's going on here. And listen, when the gifts are operating, remember it's a manifestation. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The the outshining, the, the the expression of. Is given for the profit of all. So as these gifts are coming forth, they they come forth in a very natural way. If you're a note taker, write this down. They're supernaturally natural. Now, now that helps. That should help. Because what we see in, in the church when people are having, you know, experiences with the gifts and the word of wisdom is coming forth or the word of knowledge is coming forth, you know, it's just supernaturally natural. It's just happening. It's not like God's giving me a word of knowledge and I say, oh, so, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God, God's giving me a word of knowledge. Just a second. Hold on, hold on. Shh, shh, wait, wait. What, God? What? Wait, I'm breaking up. I'm breaking up. The reception is not good. What 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 is it got? Let me turn my head this way here. Oh, okay, God. What did you say? What what, what? Tim, t- t- Timmy's in the well. What? God, what what is, what got Oh, oh yeah. Okay. All right. I'll tell the people. And oh, here's a word of knowledge. I've got it from God. Or a word of wisdom, God just gave me a word of wisdom, let me give it to you. And it's always this weird kind of hocus pocus, mystical, supernatural thing that nobody can really understand. Listen, the word of knowledge, the gifts of the spirit, they come forth in a very natural way. Thus, they are supernaturally natural. They should just be happening. As You know, people have asked me, is Calvary Chapel charismatic? Do you guys believe in the gifts and the moving of the Spirit? All the time. Really? You mean the gifts of the Spirit are really going on at Calvary Chapel? Absolutely. Well, you guys are charismatics? Really? Oh, yeah, no, that's, uh, we're not charismaniacs. Uh, but are we charismatic? Yeah, we believe in the gifts. They're always going on. Absolutely. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, as the word of God is coming forth. You know, I remember one time after a service, a guy came up to me and he said, he said, pastor, he says, when you are, um," he says, when you're, when you're preaching or preparing your sermons, he says, do, he says, do you rely on your notes or are you relying on the, on the spirit of God to move? And at first I was insulted. And then I thought to myself, oh, wait, this guy just doesn't understand. See, the gifts move supernaturally natural. I most certainly pray that when I'm preparing on Friday and Saturday that the spirit of God is speaking to me and giving me what I need. And as I type it out on my computer that it is coming from God and I am being led of God. And then as I come to the pulpit with what God has given me, then God is continuing to move in this area of the word of knowledge and a word of wisdom to meet the needs of the people as they come. They're just supernaturally natural. We don't have to mystify them and make them all weird. All weird. Man, weird stuff. And people think God is like a weirdo. People are like, God's weird, dude. I'm sorry. God's weird. I'm like, God's not weird. You are. God's not. (laughs) Just a little jokey joke. No, God's not weird. People are weird. It's the truth. The gifts move in a very supernatural, natural way. And, of course, if you want examples of the word of knowledge, man, you can find it in the life of Elisha. Man, that guy, he, he, God, just as you study the, study the scriptures in the Old Testament, 2 Kings particularly, chapter 5, the word of knowledge coming forth from Elisha. The captain of the Syrian army, you might remember this story. His name was Naaman. And Naaman was an awesome military guy, but he had leprosy. And one day, this Israelite slave girl told him that there was a man in Israel who could heal. And so Naaman went to Elisha. And you know the story. Elisha said, Naaman, go to the Jordan and dip seven times. And on the seventh time, total obedience, you will be healed. Well, Naaman did that. He went and dipped seven times, came up on the seventh time. He was healed. Well, Naaman, being appreciative to Elisha, he came to Elisha. He said, man, I, I got to give you a check. I got to give you something. I mean, this was awesome. Here, you know, take some gifts. And Elijah said, No, I can't take money for that which God has done, which is a whole other sermon. I can't take money for something that God has done. So he refused. But Gehazi, Elisha's servant, he said, Elijah can't take the money, I can. <laughs> <laughs> So he went and ran Naaman down, gave him some gifts. Well, now here comes a word of knowledge. Second Kings chapter five, verse 25. Now he went in and he stood before his master. Gehazi, I did. And Elijah said to him, where'd you go? Gehazi, Now this is interesting because i tell you, a, I'll tell you a little secret. He already knew. He just wanted to see if he was going to lie. He already knew. It was like this Acts chapter 5. You remember in in, uh, Peter? Ananias and Sapphira. What happened with the property? Oh, we sold it and, you know, here's all the money. They knew the truth. So, Elijah, he said, he said to him, where'd you go, Gehazi? And he said, well, your servant didn't go anywhere. And then he said to him, here's a word of knowledge. Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing and olive groves and vineyards and sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Busted, Gehazi! You see, God gave Elisha a word of knowledge. In that moment, in that situation, Elisha didn't have this unlimited reservoir of knowledge. He only received such knowledge as the Lord would impart to him. And of course, fast forward, not only in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. It's in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus said to his disciples, you know, he said to his disciples, he said, fellas. He said, who do men say that I am? And. The disciples began to give him the word on the streets. Oh, some say you're John the Baptist, and some say Elisha and Elijah, and some say Jeremiah. And Jesus said, Now who do you say that I am? Isn't that the question? And it's not what people think. It's who do you say that I am? What do you think? And then Peter. He kind of popped up as Peter always does. Peter just popped up. He says, well, well, you are the, the, the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, he said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. But my father, which is in heaven, he has revealed that to you. You see, Peter had a word of knowledge. And Jesus said that came from the father the Father who's in heaven. And so this word of knowledge is information that you have supernaturally given to you, acting in a very natural way that you would not normally know. A word of knowledge. And then last but certainly not least, talk about the gift of faith. The gift of faith. Now, listen, listen, give me your attention. Whenever you hear the word faith, we all think of Hebrews chapter 1. Oh, you know that verse. Now faith is the substance. Matter of fact, say it with me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The gift of faith. Now faith is an inward assurance that God is faithful and that he keeps his promises. And that inward assurance gives us an outward confidence when we can't see what the future holds. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and accepts the impossible. Faith is the key that opens the door to the work of God in our lives and in the world. Faith, the gift of faith. Now, the Bible talks about different faiths or different levels of faith. Let's say that. You know, people say, well, I just don't have faith. You want to get saved? Yeah, I do, but I just don't have faith. They say, yes, you do. Every man has faith. You're exercising faith right now. Really, Rodney? How so? Because you're sitting in that chair. and You're having faith. You're trusting that that chair will hold you up. Every time you fly, I don't know about you, but when I fly, that is a serious exercise of my faith. I mean, think about it. Do you know the pilot? Do you know he is not drunk? Do you know he's not using drugs? Do you know the plane's gonna keep you up thirty seven thousand feet? No you don't. So when you fly, that's a serious I mean me flying and me flying, I told you guys I get a serious prayer life when I fly. I really do. I mean I pray and speak in tongues and everything. I mean it's unbelievable what happens when the plane takes off. It's unreal. You should see me, I glow. It's unreal. Everyone has faith. Now, Romans chapter 12, talking about levels of faith, here's natural faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace that is given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You see, we all have faith. Faith, and then there's saving faith. This faith results in you able, you're able to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ and be saved. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 tells us, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves. It's a gift from God, not of works, lest you would brag about it. Don't boast. You see, God gives the ability to choose, and whosoever will can believe and be saved. And then Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone, here's here's a gift of faith here, here's faith. If anyone hears my voice and opens a door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. You see, Jesus knocks and he gives men the faith to take that door handle and to open it. Faith, supernatural faith. Is what we're talking about. You've got natural faith and you've got saving faith. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12 isn't talking about natural faith or saving faith. It's talking about supernatural faith. Some people have called it special faith. It's a faith that enables you to step out and do things that seem crazy to other people. It's that kind of faith. You know, it reminds me, even in my own life personally, it reminds me of when God called us here in 1995 to come here and start a church. And we came here, and I, God began to show me that, that, that we were to move here. And so, you know, I, I had never been here before. There was no real reason for me to come here. I didn't know anyone here. I didn't have a job here. I didn't have a place to live here. Nothing. And God began to show me through a series of circumstances that talking to a brother and talking about starting a church and a Bible study. And he said, well, what about starting a, uh, starting a Bible study in a church in Raleigh? I didn't even know where Raleigh was. I said to him, where is Raleigh? Now, I'm from Philly, but I've never been here. And I said, where is Raleigh? He goes, well, it's in the south. I went, okay, I'll pray about it. And I did. And so March 23rd, 1995, I get off the plane. My wife's checking out the Hertz rental car I place and I'm. Gonna, we're going to drive around and see what God says. I walk outside, and I'll tell you, I know that I know. The gift of faith is this. You know that 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 you know. Even though it seems crazy to people, even what you're doing seems impossible with men, you know, you know that you know that God is saying, this is what I want you to do. And I don't care if the circumstances don't look like they add up. You know that you know. That's the gift of faith. My wife's checking out the rental car place. I walk outside it Hertz Rental. And I knew that I knew that I knew God said, I want you to move here. And I'm thinking to myself, this is impossible. I, I can't do this. And God's saying, no, 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 no. You just do this. So I go back to California and I say to, say to some friends at, at, at the Calvary Chapel, I said, hey, you know, we're going to go to the south and and uh, and start a, a, a Bible study in church and see what happens. And they said, you're going to do what? I said, we're going to go to the south. When? Soon. Well, when is that? Well, I don't know, but I just know that God's doing this. Well, do you have a job? I said, no. How are you going to feed your family? I don't know. Do you have a place to live? No. Do you know anyone there? No. Do you have any common sense? No one say no. Are you nuts? No. And, and but but I knew, I just knew. It's the gift of faith. It's something that God gives you. Now we did that. We came here. As you know, God has done a great work. We started this church in a trailer. You guys know the story. A Double car garage trailer, which was another actually another exercise in faith. Because when the brother took me to the trailer and said, "Hey, you can use our trailer to start your church," there were garage doors on the front of it. And I looked at him and I said, are you crazy? <laughs> no. And we started the church there. And God has done a great work to gift the faith. You know that you know that you know that God is calling you to do this work. And here's how it works. See, when you have the gift of faith and God has really given you that gift because he has a purpose and a plan, you know what? There's some of you here this morning, this afternoon. God has called you to something and you've been putting it off. You've been waiting, but deep down in your spirit it won't settle. It just won't go away. And God has given you the faith to go do it, but you won't take a step out and do it. Let me tell you something. You can find yourself missing the biggest blessing of your life. You know, if I had looked at my circumstances and realized that and thought to myself well I can't do this there's just no way we had no money we had nothing I, mean, I was hoping my income tax would come back before we moved from California just so we have the gas to get across country and if I had let that stop me do you know I would have missed the biggest blessing of my life and I wouldn't be happy I'd be stirred up on the inside. Why? Because God has called me to do something. God has called you to do something. And we need to be people that say, God, if you're calling me to do it, then I will go. We talk about here am I, send me. Why do we talk about that? But we don't go do it. And it could be God is sending you to Africa. It could be he's sending you to the children's ministry. It could be he's sending you to the greeters ministry. (laughs) Could he send you across the street? Could he? Just to tell your neighbors, hey, hey, God loves you. Here's some Christmas cookies. Here's a pie. God loves you. Jesus died for you. Did you know that? I'm a Christian. I don't know if I ever told you that. But well, I'm a Christian. And I pray all the time. And I'm going to start praying for you. Here's some cookies. Love you. Love you, mean it. Be joyous. Would you? The gift of faith. You know, Peter, you can see that in Peter. And it's in Acts chapter 3, Peter walked by this gate called Beautiful every day. And there was this guy there all the time, and he was a beggar. And he always begged for money. And uh, I guess that's what beggars do. And uh, he always begged for money. And, And Peter would see him as everyone else would see him. But it was this one particular day. I'm sure Peter saw that guy a hundred times. But this one particular day, God poured out on Peter the gift of faith. And Peter looked at that guy, he got got his attention and the guy probably said, give me some money. Hey, Peter, you got got some money, got some coins. And and, and Peter looked at the man and he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, he took the beggar by the hand, he lifted him up and he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and, and walk. And he did. And Peter didn't go around all the time. Oh, I've got the gift of healing. Let's have a crusade. <laughs> oh, is there anyone else would like to be healed? Just come to my crusade and don't forget to bring a check. $25. As a love offering, my brother. He didn't do that. He said, rise up and walk. I don't have money. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. And he did. The man did. And I'm telling you. It was a gift of faith. That man walked and he was healed. A gift of faith. God will give you these gifts. He will give them to you as he calls you as you're serving him and obedient to him. He'll give them to you. He gives everyone gifts. If you're a Christian, you have a gift. Remember in verse 11? Look at it again. Look at verse 11. Remember, but one in the same spirit works all things, distributing to each. Remember, we talked about last week. Remember, you're an each, right? I'm an each. You're an each. If you're a Christian, you're an each. And God has given you gifts. And I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you will use them. And allow God to use you. May the Spirit of God work in our midst. You know, the early church, they had a dependency on the Holy Spirit. You study the book of Acts, you'll see that. They had an incredible dependency on the Holy Spirit. We don't have a dependency today. Today, we depend on programs. We think that if we do our thing in certain right way, reach the community, demographics, baby, get it out there on the radio, do get television, get it, get it, get it going, get it going, come on, get it, get it going. And you'll have a successful ministry, early church. They were like, God, if you don't do it, it won't get done. We need the Holy Spirit. They had a dependency and, and, and a love for the person and the power and the work of the Holy Spirit that we need to have in the church today. And if we do, and if we will, God will move mightily. God will move. He wants to move. God's not done. How you know, Rodney? Because you're still here.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.